I can break it down like whatever you want. You wanna like this, 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 this? Did you feel me? Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode David. This is three now of how you can be better, right? Episode three. So, uh, like we said prior, uh, this is a format where we kind of explore topics, areas of discussion where we think that it's value add for your life. So, one format is we ask you how we can be better, and now we're suggesting, right? These are, you know, for if you're interested, this is potentially how you can be better. Um, so, on this episode, uh, we've got a good, good friend of the Wall of Fam. Um, someone who's a newly, who can recently add, uh, he's a penned author to his name. And on this episode, we're going to explore the process of what it takes to write a book or a novel, right? What is the process from, uh, idea, the inception of the original idea through execution and distribution. If you've ever thought for an inkling of a single second, I should write a book but you've never followed through with physical and mental process to actually do it. We're going to have a conversation on what it takes today to write that book. Bashoy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Bashoy, we're so excited to have you. And this is a no brainer. David, we were like, who should we have on the podcast? What should we talk about? And David was like, how like Bashoy. And I was like, and sometimes when it's so right in front of you, you just can't see it. Um, but it was a, is a no brainer for us. Uh, and we're super glad we can make this happen. It's super well-timed with the launch of, of your own book that's coming out in a few weeks. Thank you. Uh, so why don't you, for, uh, the people that are listening that don't know who you are because you're not a career writer, No. you are not a journalist by trade. No. What, uh, give us background context. Sure. Who uh, are you? What do you do? Um, and, and how did you get in that chair today? Sure. Uh, so my name is Bashoy Tadros. I, I recently uh, did pen my first book. It's called Break Barriers. Um, the, the book um, is a little bit of a memoir um, with the objective of helping the reader channel the mindset to overcome different obstacles, whether they're personal, professional, on the playing field. And, and I base it very much on my own narrative. Um, I was born in Egypt. When I was three years old, I was diagnosed with leukemia. My parents immigrated for me to get treatment. And from the ages of three to 13, I had undergone uh, various bouts uh, of treatment, whether it was chemo or radiation um, or steroid treatment. And uh, it was during that period where I developed this mindset of overcoming different obstacles. And once I got a clean bill of health at 13, um, that mindset was so deeply instilled that I had made the determination that anything put in my way from that point forward, I was going to overcome. And uh, I never really talked about the story up until two years ago. So uh, it, it's timely that we're here right around the book release. And how old are you now? I am 32 years old. So I just heard from 3 to 13. I need to hear from 13 to 30. What's going on? 13 to 30. That's the heart of the narrative within the book. And I talk about how obstacles were not just medical. They were social. They, they involved assimilating into a new country while looking different from battling cancer, while being different, coming from a different uh, culture and background, um, and, and trying to fit in socially, trying to ingrain yourself when you wanted to play sports, you wanted to make the teams, but going through treatment, you were slower than a lot of the people around you. Um, you, you talk about how badly you wanted to be part of a locker room, 
and you had to undergo um, rejection at various points in your life um, and ultimately understand that failure was part of the process. That carried forward into my professional life where I graduated uh, during the financial crisis unemployed with my heart set on joining uh, a bank here in the city. And I talk about navigating unemployment for three years and how I had to get strategic, again, channeling that mindset as a child and the lessons I learned in order to ultimately navigate myself to uh, JP Morgan. I was there for seven and a half years um, and just four months ago. And what did you do there? Um, I, I worked in investment banking, sales and trading for about three and a half years, and then I moved into um, a sales role in asset management uh, for three and a half years after that. Um, four months ago, I left JP Morgan to move to Salesforce, and yet again, it was another sort of professional obstacle, uh, proving to myself that that industry barrier can be shattered um, if you apply the mindset. Um, the key tenors, which I really stress in the book, and I'm sure we're going to dive into, are, are patience, perspective, and purpose. Um, those are the three key lessons that I took away as a child, and I apply to every single element of my life um, like it, it's a formula at this point. Killer. And then so people really get to understand you and who you are, right? Because mm -hmm. like, we'll talk about sure. your journey in the book uh, throughout. But like, what do you enjoy doing? You know, like what, what's going on in your life right now? Paint the picture for somebody who's listening. Like, well, you know, I get it, but sure, you've been through a shit ton sure. of stuff. Like, but who are you really? How do you spend your time? Sure. Um, so four days ago, I got a puppy. And, and, <laughs> and now uh, I spend all my spare time uh, cleaning up after said puppy um, and entertaining the puppy because all she wants to do is play, which is fine. Amazing. Uh, and aside from, from that, um, as, as you probably are well aware, I'm, I'm fairly, fairly heavy into the fitness scene here, uh, not just in New York, but I'm, I'm constantly looking to challenge myself. A big part of my uh, story, and this is going to be carrying on with me forever, is if I'm not uncomfortable um, at almost every point of the way, then I, I feel like I'm out of my elements. I'm always looking for a challenge, and that's the thing that keeps me going, both professionally and athletically. Got it. And then, like, what do you do for workouts? Uh, so I, I got a, a very uh, mixed-up routine. I'm currently marathon training. I'm running the New York City Marathon you this run year. run before? Uh, this is my second time running it. Amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm marathon training right now for uh, November. Uh, aside from that, I, I love to cross train. I'm always there on Wednesday mornings with, with you and the fam. Um, and, and I, uh, I'm a big advocate for a lot of the boutique fitness studios in the city in particular. Uh, I go to tone house a good amount. Yep. Awesome. Cool. So the question that I have for you is that, um, at what point, uh, did you first say to yourself, I want to write a book? Ever since I was a child, I felt like I had a story to tell. And I never knew if it was going to come out. And two years ago, when I ran the New York City Marathon, um, it dawned on me that I could either get in through the lottery or uh, raise money for charity. And because I didn't get in through the, mo the lottery, my cards were dealt that way. And so then came another question was, Beshoy, do you want to pay the fundraising fee out of your own pocket or do you want to take the opportunity to finally share the story that you've been holding on to for a while so i wrote it down in about a page um and i really focused on just the high level takeaways in terms of the lessons i learned as a child and i sat on it 
and I didn't share it and I was nervous and I was vulnerable and I thought what if nobody buys into this story that I'm going to look very silly uh, putting it out there because it was, it was my whole life on one paper mm -hmm. everything I believed in I showed it to a mentor in July of 2017 and, and he looked at it and he laughed and he goes, you need to make your fundraising goal a little bit higher because my goal is just $3,000. And so I hesitated a little bit, but he was so confident when he told me that, that I really had no choice. So I upped it to $50,000. Long story short, for 2017, I ended up becoming the top fundraiser for the New York City Marathon for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And that's when I knew I was onto something but I didn't realize the scale. Between 2017 and the beginning of this year, I had been invited to lead several speaking engagements at various companies, universities, to talk about translating the success from fundraising into career navigation, or translating the success from uh, battling illness to um, succeeding um, on one's journey. And the articles kept coming from different directions. So I was writing little pieces here, little pieces there. At the end of 2018. And what's like the subject matter of these pieces? Um, the subject matter of these pieces all centered around that mindset of overcoming obstacles. What I realized was that ultimately um, barriers are never put in front of you to define you, but more so to dare you. That was the main realization I came to was being diagnosed with cancer doesn't mean that people should see you as a cancer patient. Being diagnosed with cancer should dare you to take the lessons you're learning going through what you're going through and show them that you are more than just that diagnosis. And so that's my story, but I realized that it was applicable to so many different stories. And, and the whole concept of break barriers is way bigger than just battling cancer. And so um, at the end of 2018, I really got serious with regards to potentially putting pen to paper. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I never wrote a book. I'm a first time author as of a week ago. <laughs> I, Googled, I Googled how many words you need to write to hit 100 pages, just because I thought 100 pages was a respectable size book. And that was 20,000 words. At that point, I had also decided mentally that I was going to start looking for my next uh, role professionally. And so, um, I was able to allot, allot a lot of time to it. And so I had set a world word goal every single day for about three months. I wrote 500 to 600 words until I ultimately got to 20,000 words. When I got to 20,000 words, I was looking at it and I was like, Holy smokes, do I have a book? And I, I had no idea because it was word vomit on a very long word document. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to a member of our community and uh, I, I knew he was pretty well connected. And I said to him, I said, hey, do you have any friends that have published before? And he said, sure. He connected me with his buddy um, who read my long word document. He said, I think, I think you're onto something. Let me give you my editor. He gave me his editor, and again, because I had no idea what I was doing, the editor could have been like, well, this is gonna cost you like 25 Gs, and I would have been like, all right, well, there's no book. Yep. And so the editor gave me his rate, it was an hourly rate. I said, can you stick within this budget? 
because it'll be a little bit tight. But I was like, okay, let, let's try because I really want to make this happen. So for the three months after that, he had me going through different exercises. He had me thinking of the 40 most critical moments of my life, and I had to write a 1,000 words for each of those moments. So all of a sudden, that 100 pages turned into 250 pages. And once we got there, he said, okay, now let me help you clean it up. Let me help you structure it. And let me help you take the reader from the first page to the last page. That was one thing that I never considered when I first wrote those 20,000 words. I literally was just writing thoughts out of my head. And uh, I learned so much along the way. I didn't know a single thing about writing, about editing, about publishing, about photography for the cover, to the point where I found myself thinking, what am I going to wear on the cover? And that's why I approached you. Perfect. And I think that's the best setup because... Yeah, starting with like, I don't know, yeah. is a very humbling place to start from. And I think a lot of people listening are starting from the same place, right? They may have had the inception for, you know, I should write a book about this. Or there's something interesting here that I think that I could write a considerable amount on, right? But do I know, that, where do I start, right? And I think it's, it's just, it's really inspiring to start with Google. Yeah. Like, it's just where everything starts. Yeah. Right? You start with Google. When yeah. you don't know what to do, you, you go and you search. And the only place that you go to look for answers is the internet. Yeah. So you started with the internet and you made a cognizant choice every day to write and kind of step in that direction. And then you d utilize your network, right? And you, mm -hmm. you ultimately found an editor. Yeah. Um, so you're, let's like go a little bit deeper into this process. How do you, how do you, um, how do you write 500 words a day? So... It's very similar to the Google thing. Mm -hmm. My favorite number is number eight. I was born on August 8th. So I came up with eight chapter titles uh, based on my personal story. Mm -hmm. And then I looked up eight inspirational quotes. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that, you know, really drives himself on, on positive, um, positive words, positive actions, positive reinforcement. And so... Under each of those eight chapter labels, I put in an inspirational quote just to start the writing. And I drew inspiration from each of those quotes um, to the point when my my editor was like, well, where'd you come up with eight? I was like, I don't know. It's my favorite number. Got it. And so that that's really how it went about and, and what kind of spurred it. One thing about my book that might be different from other books is this message was was so near and dear to me that I just believed in it so much that it's kind of like getting your workout every day. If you miss your workout, you feel like something's missing or, if yep. you, you know, and, and so when I was missing a day of writing, I kind of felt like something was, was missing. I, I was borderline obsessive, especially as I was approaching that 20,000 word mark. I, I've got a, a, like a strange question yeah. for you. Do you, do you think that you're an extraordinary person? No, not at all. And, and in fact, I, do my best to highlight that not just in the book but in any engagement that i have because i want the takeaway post book release to be if this guy can write a book i can write a book there's absolutely nothing special about me i wasn't gifted academically i wasn't gifted on the playing field um i i do think that i can interact on maybe a, a high level um and that i could present well but I, I definitely am not gifted more so than anybody else out there. And um, like, when did you decide that um, the cards that you were dealt that you were going to play? 
it was one of those things where once momentum was in my favor, I was going to roll the dice until I got a sign that said, you need to stop. So what happened was in 2017, when I shared the story for the first time and, um, it, it started to pick up some steam and I, I was not only getting donations from different places, but I was getting re recognized by media outlets when ABC decided to feature me for the broadcast for the New York city marathon. And when the New York Roadrunners wanted to make me a face of the marathon and when I was invited to speak on, you know, at, at different places, I said to myself, so long as this is growing organically, then I'm going to keep going for it. And that's why I continue to shoot my shot with this story. And that's why I continue to ask companies for things that I don't think I would have asked for three years ago. I, you know, I, th there was one story during um, the 2017 marathon where I was in the expo. And at that point, I was on a high. I just rang the closing bell at NASDAQ. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, all these vendors are trying to sell to runners, but I still have a story to sell. And maybe I can go around vendor to vendor, showing them my story and trying to get corporate backing. And I went around to every single vendor at the, at the expo, at the Javits Center amongst 50,000 runners. And I just showed them my picture. I showed them the email that said, you know, we'd like you to be a face of the marathon. And I said, there's a way for us to work together. Let's figure this out. And I got rejected by 48 of the 50 vendors. But the ones that took me on were all worth it at that point. And, and that was one of my key takeaways for when I was writing this book and for some of the bold asks that I've been making of people over the last year in terms of you're going to want to support me because if you support me, I'll make sure people support you. Um, and, and, and so that, that's very important for me. And you think that cross-pollinates to most of your relationships? Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to get a little bit more tactical, yeah. right? Because we want to help people understand, like, if you're going to go through the process of trying to write a book, what does it really entail, right? And I think that we started off with, like, a really beautiful foundation of, well, you start with asking a question and being infinitely curious mm -hmm. about the process. But then, you know, like, you, you need to start to bring in outside resources and people to help you ultimately get to that place. Yeah. And for you, it was an editor. Yeah. So what are signs of like a good relationship with an editor? Um, uh, that, that's good. So my, my editor, without him, there would be no book, of course. I mean, he, he was a true miracle worker for me in terms of helping me realize one thing that I didn't realize at the start, and that's ultimately when you write a book, there are a few things to consider. Number one, you always have to think about why you're writing this book. Um, for me, when I wrote this book, I was being very strategic about the fact that I'm running the New York City Marathon this year. I'm doing it for a charitable initiative. And short-term goal is I'm going to leverage this book to raise as much money I can for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society this year. Long-term, I want to make sure that anybody that picks up this book comes to the understanding that barriers are meant to be broken. And that no matter what the obstacle is, it can be overcome by channeling the right mindset. Now, that's the first thing that he taught me. The second thing that he taught me when it comes to writing a book is ultimately, it's really important you give the reader a reason to go from page one to page 180. And so without him, that never would have happened. And uh, he helped me connect the dots between chapters. He helped me build transitions. And he helped me realize the importance of when you're writing, you know, it sounds cliche, but you really want to bring the reader in the room with you. And you want the reader to feel like he's a part of that conversation. You almost want them to kind of see the lighting and, and, and understand 
exactly where you are uh, from a mental state. Got it. And is that something that came intuitively to you or you needed kind of the outside uh, consulting to be able to get there? I needed the coaching. I needed the reassurance. I needed the, am I doing this right? Can you let me know if I'm doing this right? About a million times. The guy was a saint because um, I I was so unsure of myself at times. Um, But then the other thing is at the end of the day, you have to remember one thing. When you're writing a book, it's your story, right? And so there are certain elements of it where you need to hold your ground. And I, and I came across those moments while writing the book where, you know, I said to him, I said, this absolutely has to stay in the book. Mm-hmm. Like without this in the book, like the book is losing a little bit of its, of its meaning, of its spice and of the message that I want to send there. I was like, I don't care about some of those details that you're trying to throw in there. I care more about the message. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Now, uh, how long was the process from, uh, let's say, contracting uh, an editing partner mm-hmm. and completion of the actual book? I, I did it a little faster than most people. I finished from the very first day I typed the word until it was published about six and a half months, which is very quick. I, I really buckled down those first three and a half months. Now, we're not positioning you as like any type of a foremost expert in anything. Sure. We're just asking you your your personal experience, yeah. right? So don't don't feel like there's any any pressure to to be the guiding example. Yeah. Um, but when you got to a place where the book was finished, right, and you felt yeah. good about the content within it, mm-hmm. then what happens? So a few things happen. Once you get to the later stages, you stop caring about budget because you just want to get the book published. So that was one of the things that was kind of going through my mind was like, let's just get this book out there. Um, and as an author and from a personal perspective, I never feel like this is done. I feel like it's going to continue to build. And I talk about it at the very, you know, end of the book in the postscript, maybe about how the story is not over. And so because the story is not technically over in my mind, then that means the book is not done. And that means the journey is not done. And I know that might not be the answer that you want to hear, but that's how I kind of feel about it from a personal perspective. It's never truly done. And one more thing actually about that is the good thing about publishing through Amazon is technically you can edit the book whenever you need to edit the book. So uh, you finish the book even, and you're not, you're not too harsh of a judge on yourself about it being kind of this opus right? Your, your declaration on the world, but it is, it's got your fingerprint on it. It's got your heartbeat in it. Mm-hmm. And you feel good about the final product mm-hmm. because it's, it's constantly in evolution. But like, literally, what's the next step? Like, do you find a publisher? Do you find a printing house? Yeah. Like, what happens? So, um, I've been asked that a lot over the last week. And for me, I really am honed in on a goal that I set for myself when I said I'm running the marathon this year and I'm going to raise $100,000 for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So I would be happy if come November we raised $100,000 for our charity and I walked away and kind of wiped my hands clean of it. I mean, I think I'm going to accomplish more in my life. Um, And I think this is a great thing to do but I do feel like there's going to be more to come. So I'm not thinking about the personal goal right now. I'm thinking more about the objective of why, like the very first conversation I had with the editor about why are you doing this? And 
I'm the type of person that believes in universal law. And I feel like if I put all this positive energy out there and I continue to channel the right people around me and the positive energy around me and, and the message of this book, then ultimately after November, it'll come back and the opportunities will abound. Um, and I'll find a way to kind of build off, off this. Um, so that's the way that I'm kind of thinking about it. Got it. And then from like a distribution perspective, yeah. you're distributing it through Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Is that just the easiest, most effective channel? Yeah. So one of the things that I've learned, and again, I'm not the expert here. So, uh, Amazon is, is free first mm -hmm. of all to, uh, publish through, uh, well, it's not free. They will take a cut of the book, of course. but it's, it's, it's a lot more um effective than than going through a traditional publishing house also um amazon's not going to change your story so if you go through a publisher ultimately they're going to own a right to the story so they can say you know i don't really like this chapter or i don't like this piece or i don't like this part of the message change this and so i didn't really want to want to deal with that um, so from a distribution perspective right now the kindle and the paperback are going to be distributed through amazon Amazon doesn't have a hardcover distribution center. Mm -hmm. So um, that along with the audiobook is gonna be uh, two of the things that I look into uh, once the paperback is, is completely done. Got it, Yeah, understood. And then like, I'm just curious, yeah. right? I'm just like a curious person. If I wanted to print 10,000 copies of my book mm -hmm. that I wrote myself, like what do I do? So the good thing about Amazon now is it's print on demand. Wow. So um, that's why they don't do the hardcovers because um, that that that's harder. You need to order the amount that you need. You need to order inventory. Got it. But Amazon will print your soft covers on demand, um, and and so you can order ten thousand copies if you want. Um, and then after, so you've got this. You've got this. Like, um, you, you've gone through the entire process, which I can't imagine how like physically and emotionally draining it is. But then all of a sudden you're faced with the lens of the, the obstacle or the challenge of distribution. So I've written the entire thing. I've done all the pre-work. I've gotten people involved. I've, there's definitely been some type of financial uh, or monetary commitment, right? In terms mm -hmm. of, you know, going through this entire process. Mm -hmm. And now I need to get my message in front of people. Yeah. What, it, what like, where do you start? So similar to how I went around the expo during the marathon and, and I kind of made some bold moves around that. Um, that's a big reason why I wanted to partner up with a company like Wolico. I mean, I, I thought to myself, I want to be really strategic about how I put this out there, but I also want to partner up with a company that I believe in and a company whose mission kind of aligns with the message that I'm trying to spread. I'm no marketing expert. I know you and I have had some conversations before around. You're definitely not a marketing yeah, expert. Yeah, around social media, around, um, you know, how to put myself out there and, and kind of and build a platform. You know, I talk about it openly. I have no idea what I'm do, doing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of uh, just clicking, clicking share way, way quicker than I should be at times. But um, I am strategic. And so I thought to myself, I want to align myself with different companies, um, will go being one of them. And that's why, uh, 
even I'll even say over the last week, people that have seen the cover have said, oh, like we see you're wearing Wolico on there. And so there's already like an association there, which is kind of cool because they recognize Wolico and they're like, oh, if he's working with Wolico, like something must be up. And so um, that kind of came to mind. And then um, as I get closer and closer to the official launch, um, I'm making sure to continue fostering relationships with companies like you guys um, to build my message. Do you think that's one of, you know, I think that's a really interesting take. And I think it's probably one that people don't often think through is like, how can I use, let's say the, the power behind the private sector, mm-hmm. right? P- privately held companies mm-hmm. or organizations in order to further extend my mission. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you found that to be like a very effective way? Yeah. In fact, one of the other things that I did was I reached out to the CEO of New York Roadrunners and I asked him to write my forward. Um, Michael's a great guy. He's awesome. And he's always uh, been very supportive of the messaging that I was putting out there. And earlier this year, he asked me to speak to um, a bunch of the charity partners for the New York City Marathon and kind of talk to them about how I use the platform. So when I asked him to write the forward, a part of it was because I really believed in in what he was doing and I want to write my forward. But another part of it was also thinking to myself, if the CEO of New New York Roadrunners writes my forward, my story is forever going to be tied to the New York City Marathon. And once the book was done, I leveraged that by reaching out to the PR team at New York Roadrunners and saying, hey, you guys have a footprint now on this book. It's in essentially your interest to also help the word get out. Um, so no promises yet. I mean, they, we have been having really good dialogue and, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think that's really going to be one of the major players for me in terms of Maybe making the marketing a little bit more mainstream. I'll leave it at that. I love it. And now, you know, I think what's, for me, like just kind of putting some of the, the dots together here, what's really inspiring is that uh, the idea, and I, of course, this, you know, ties right back into the whole theme of the, of the book of breaking down barriers, but it's almost like you've never been afraid to knock on a door, Right. Like you've never been afraid to just like knock on a door and see if anybody answers. Mm -hmm. But I think that might be the thing that prevents people from even beginning. It's like if I knock on that door and somebody answers, what do I say? So maybe even more from like a mindset perspective, Mm -hmm. because that gets us back to the book a little bit more. Like, how do you what's what's the advice? Somebody sitting 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 at home, sitting at the office, maybe in their car, if you're outside of New York City and you're like, I've wanted to write a book. Or I've wanted to reach out and work with a brand. Like, what's the mindset that you should adopt? The mindset is is to embrace the fall, because the well, like I always tell people, the fall always precedes the rise. You have to fall down before you get back up. And so, yeah, I learned it the hard way as a child. You know, I I, I fell down over and over, but not just you know again medically. You know, when it came to playing sports as a child, I got cut from so many teams I can't even count. And all I wanted to do. <laughs> Yep. And it was be a part of a locker room. That got to a point where I didn't even want to play. I the just team. wanted I just wanted to be in that locker room with those guys in that huddle. Yep. Like that's how bad I wanted it. But it took a a certain volume of rejection to ultimately say, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna ask and whatever whatever happens, happens. You have to shoot your shot and it's really hard to tell someone, Hey, just do it. It's more so embrace the mindset of you might fail, but if you continue to fail, all of a sudden you're going to become immune uh, and realize that it's worth coming back up and trying again. Amazing. 
Uh, I've got a few last yeah. questions for you. Uh, Adam, you know, you've been through so much and not comparatively, right? You've just been through a lot, mm -hmm. right? Uh, how difficult was this process of writing a book? And like, I don't know if there's a, if there's like a five star or one to 10 structure here or like a tone house, yeah. you know, like how, how difficult was writing the book? Um, it was so much fun. <laughs> it was so much That's fun. That's amazing. It was so much fun writing it and kind of dealing with the emotional ups and downs of writing the book of going through those exercises. First of all, thinking of 40 critical moments of your life is an extremely difficult thing to do. And writing a thousand words for each of those moments, that was essentially like a tone house workout because uh, that was a that was that was as challenging as it gets mentally for mm -hmm. me, and so um, I didn't realize that when I first started writing the book how much I was going to challenge myself mentally, and that's where I credit the ed editor for kind of being like that coach who pushed me to go a little bit beyond my limit. Um, but I will say that it, if you're not writing the writing a book with the intent of enjoying it, it's probably best not to pick up the pen to start. I always picked it up with the intent of I'm going to enjoy the process and five people might buy my, five people might buy my book. Five million people might buy my book. I have no idea, but you know, that that's really kind of how I went about it. I love it. And then, uh, do you have any advice for people that are sitting in their office or in the car or on that run? And have said, I want to write a book. I have a story to tell. What is your advice for that human listening right now? My, my advice is very much always in line with a call for purpose. And, and, and that's basically continue to push yourself outside of your bounds when it comes to the various elements of your life. And that's where you're going to unleash your potential. Um, for me... Uh, and how the story all really happened and, and kind of why I shared my story in the very beginning was uh, before I ran the New York City Marathon in 2017, I did an Eagle Man. So I did Eagle Man, the Ironman 70.3. And um, I had this breakdown moment around mile 40 of the race. And I talk about it, about how it was one of the darkest moments I had ever been in as an adult, physically and mentally, where I thought I wasn't going to get past it. And I had to get myself to that extraneous level of discomfort to finally unleash this thing that I was holding on to for 30 years of holy crap I can do anything I set my mind to it but it took 30 years of challenging myself and putting myself in uncomfortable situations of battling all sorts of demons and battles and scars in order to finally get to that point and be like okay we can only go up from here and then uh it you know it, I love the and one of the common themes that I think I've seen with some of the guests that we've had out on and a lot of the conversations that we have all together is that uh, these these feats, these physical accomplishments, right, or feats are often um, the start of emotionally or mentally challenging yourself in different capacities. Mm -hmm. So did it take running a 70.3 or competing in a 70.3 to say, wait, physically, I've challenged myself, right? Like physically I've gotten to the darkest place. Now, like what is that place mentally or emotionally 
or do you think that's all connected? I think it's very much connected. I think the connection between mind and body um, cannot be understated. Um, and that's why when you had asked me what I like to do you know, on a daily basis and we talked about the puppy, the next thing I said was I like to make sure I'm always challenging myself one way or the other. And so I am constantly in search of that. And that's why I don't think the book is really the end of the journey because there's going to be something else after this. I mean, I'm, I'm only 32, so I think there's going to be something else after this. Amazing. I want to read, uh, Terry and I were lucky enough to be featured on the back cover. So I'm going to read, uh, our, our stamp and our cosign, a story of real perseverance. If there was any doubt of the profound impact of a lifelong consistent approach to health and wellness, Beshoy is a guiding example. And Beshoy, uh, I feel like, can we get like a, we've got about 10 people, we've got a live audience here. Can we get a resounding clapping for Beshoy today? <laughs> Beshoy, uh, you are a gentleman and we are so fortunate to know you. Thank you for being on the, on the show. And where can people find you? And more importantly, where can they read or hear your story? Sure. Um, so I have a website, www.bishoytadros.com. Spell it out for us. B-I-S-H-O-Y-T-A-D-R-O-S. We're going to link it in the episode notes. So there will be a hyperlink right to it. And on that website, you could see everything with regards to the book, with the upcoming launch for the book. Um, and all the links will be available uh, regarding all articles that I've uh, been a part of. And this podcast will be up there soon, I'm sure. Killer. And then if somebody wants to ask you a question on how to write a book, or for some reason they want to see this cute puppy, where can they go? Sure. Uh, they can email me at breakbarriersbook at gmail.com. Amazing. Bashoy, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 6.30 a.m. on the turf. Love it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Good job.